الحمد لله وكفى وسلاما على عباده الذين استفى أما بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فانكهوا ما تاب لكم من النساء سبحان ربك رب العزة أما يصفون وسلاما على المرسلين وحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صلي على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد ومبارك وسلم Tonight I thought that instead of always talking to you about very heavy topics and about things that we should change, why not talk to you about a good topic in a good way? And that is, فَنْكِهُ مَا تَابَ لَكُمْ مِنَ nisa That you should make nikah, you should marry those women who are pleasing to you. Because if we stress so much in the past few nights that you should have taqwa and you should do sabr, then we should tell you your favorite Urdu Mahavara, Allah Sabar Kamal, Sabar Kapal, Right? So we have to explain this process to you and actually at a serious level that despite the fact that you may think you are young, certainly you also know that you have certain other energies and inshallah Aziz, if you make dua in this month of Ramadan, then one of the major things you should be making for dua is for one of the greatest netmuts that a person can have and that is a pious, righteous wife. Who that person is or who that spouse is and what that process is, that is something you also need to know. And perhaps the more you know it, perhaps the more you know how the deen of Islam wants you to do something right, perhaps that will keep us away from doing things wrong. And in fact, many times the converse happens that because people do it wrong so much, they're unable to do it right. Because we do incorrect things, unnajaz, impermissible things, right? Because we do impermissible things, then sometimes we lose the barakah that we may get from our married life. So first of all, you have to understand the concept of nikah in the deen of Islam. And the purpose of nikah is essentially that a man and woman are not meant to view each other just as physical objects. It's an extremely deep bond. Certainly it has its manifestation of physical affection and love. But in essence it's a bond of the heart, a bond of the soul, a bond of the spirit. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions there's no other ni'mah in this world that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that a person will have in Jannah. But in the Qur'an al-Kareem, in Surah Yasin, and even elsewhere, Allah Taala mentions that a person will be with their people, will be with their spouses, their worldly spouses. The other, there's a separate thing. You all love, that's even your more favorite topic. Wo nahi karta. Uske shaak mein aap log garbar karte hain asme is dunya mein. Udhar nahi sochi. Wo Allah Taala ki den hai, wo kiamat ki din us din ke baad, us din muske baad mein sochi. Theek hai. So you will be given, you will be reclining with your spouses. On literally, I mean, Iraq, it's like couches or thrones or platforms in the hereafter. It's the only thing that we have in this world, whether it's a possession or relationship, that Allah Ta'ala mentions sadahatan in the Qur'an al-Kareem. So actually, it is a deep, eternal rishta. It's a much, much deeper thing than the West or even whatever East, any, any non-Muslim secular concept has taken it. The concept of marriage outside of Islam is extremely superficial. Extremely superficial relative to or compared to the concept of marriage inside the deen of Islam. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran al-Kareem that the purpose of marriage is لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا so that you may get sukoon from your wife so that you may get sukoon from your spouse and this word sukoon, this is something special this is the word Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala normally reserves for the effect of salah or dua or dhikr so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is using this word sukoon for a wife or a spouse actually either way, for a husband or a wife that's a totally different concept of marriage and this is why Rasulullah said that when you marry someone, you should marry someone on the basis of their deen and taqwa. And then their deen and taqwa. And then their deen and taqwa. And then after that, after repeating it three times for emphasis. And you find this theme many places in the, in, in the hadith. The number three is just for taqeed, for emphasis. After that, then the Prophet then you can marry someone based on their beauty or handsome lineage genealogy, family, wealth, money, etc., other considerations. Now that is unique. I mean, obviously the secular world, first of all, they themselves are despiritualized, so how in the world would they choose which human being to have the most intimate relationship with on the basis of deen? But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is making it clear that it's going to be deen and taqwa. Now why? It means that this relationship is going to affect your deen and affect your taqwa. <laughs> The woman's deen and taqwa is going to impact your life. If she's a woman of deen and taqwa, your life will, be, will go well. And if she's not a woman of deen and taqwa, it doesn't matter her beauty or her wealth or her lineage or her personality or her excitement or whatever it is, none of that matters. And the sukoon then is going to come from her being a woman of deen and taqwa. Now this is something that a person should make dua for in this month of Ramadan. And 99% of you are unmarried, right? And there should be this dua, and the Prophet said in the hadith that one of the three things he loved most in this world, number one, salah, number two, itr, and number three, a pious wife, right? So this is one of the greatest blessings, maybe I would even suggest that having a pious wife is the single greatest blessing in this whole dunya. So for that, imagine how much dua you should make for that. Right? We make so many du'as for a job or a car or money or this and that. The greatest ni'mah is to have a pious spouse. So one should make a lot of du'a for it. And because this is the month of du'a. And this is also a way of tawbah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is leaving the haram thoughts, the haram ways. And I'm going to seek your halal. I'm going to seek your bounty, your ni'mah. I'm going to make massive du'a to you that you give me a pious wife or a pious spouse. Right? Elsewhere in the Quran al-Kareem, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Hunna libasun nukum wa antum libasun nukum. That you are a libas for them and they are a libas for you. Libas, as you have the same word in Urdu, normally means your clothing. So why is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used this word? Why did you do tashbih with this special mishta, this taluk of nikah, with libas, with clothing? The reason for that is because, number one, is that when a person does not have libas, they are naked. They are exposed. There is a certain vulgarity there. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying is that when you have a spouse, she is your libas, she is your zinat. She is your clothing, she is your sharf, she is your izzat. Because a man without libas is beizzat. Just like that, a young man, if he cannot able to control himself, which is the state of 99% of men today, 
then until they have proper nikah, their lack is that their izzat is in danger. Their izzat is in danger. But once they get married, they get their izzat. Secondly, a person who is unclothed by clothing, clothing is a person's zina. It's their beauty, it's their adornment. So a person who has a pious wife, that's his adornment in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He becomes muzayyan. He becomes beautiful in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This woman becomes a source of him becoming beautiful in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's eyes. The third reason is that libas covers our faults. Our physical libas covers our satr, our private parts. Just like that, a woman and a man, the spouse is meant to cover up the flaws and faults of one another. And only a pious spouse will do that. Not like this day and age. Bibi khaman ki burai puri dunya ko bata rahi hai. Aur khaman bibi ki kamiya puri dunya ko bata rahi hai. No, no. A proper husband and wife who have the proper love for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, respect for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, are joined together on this mission. But you have the saying in Urdu, that's actually the ultimate is a husband and wife who both want to live a life pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It means that whatever little taqwa you have will be added to tenfold because now you have a partner in seeking the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that is a woman who's going to hide your flaws, hide your, shroud them, suppress them. So certain bad characteristics we have will go away once we get this libas of nikah. The fourth reason is because libas is that thing that is akrab to a person. The closest thing to you is your clothing. So Allah subhanahu is doing an ishara here that the closest ta'luk, the closest rishta a person has in their life, and you will appreciate this insha'Allah ta'ala when you grow older, is your spouse. So imagine such an incredible thing that Allah ta'ala has created. Men and women, He says in the Quran, He created everything in pairs. And He has created this natural attraction. But he also has created a beautiful, wonderful, perfect way in which this natural attraction should take place, should manifest itself. So when we engage in sin, sinful actions, sinful desires, sinful thoughts, we're belittling this beautiful setup Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made. We're making ourselves mahroom of that beautiful setup. So a person should make massive dua in this month of Ramadan. An unmarried man, if a person is already married, they should make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make my nikah according to the haqiqat, according to your mansha, according to your murad, according to your wishes. And if a person realizes and analyzes the beauty of this relationship, and if they're involved in any relationship right now, which does not meet that level of beauty, then they should realize that I'm sacrificing something that is a'la for something that is adna. And do I want to do that? Do I want to sacrifice my deen? Do I want to sacrifice my taqwa? Do I want to endanger my akhirah by indulging in some trivial relationship just on the basis of the beauty which is going to go away in a matter of 10-20 years? There was a famous story of a sheikh and he was walking and he saw there was a very beautiful slave girl and she was going in a big entourage and the slave girl had a lot of what you say, naz and nakhre. Oh, that she was... And it happens, some women who are beautiful, they know they're beautiful. <laughs> Don't think if you can look at them and see that, they can also look in the mirror and see that. Now, if they're very pious, they know that they should shroud that, that this is a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That this should not be displayed except to my husband, inshallah, when I have one, or to any of my unmarriageable men, male relatives. But if they don't have 
that hidayah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they don't have that taqwa, then they go about displaying their adornments to the whole world. And some do so quite deliberately. Right? So if she has that hidayah, and if she has that taqwa, she knows that she will have to conceal that beauty. Right? But, nonetheless, even a woman who has beauty, so the slave girl, she's walking around with this conceit, with this vanity. So the shaykh sees her and he sees that, look, she thinks she's something. Right? So he says, that, oh, where are you going? And she says, I'm going back to my master. He says, I want to buy you. And she gets even more considered that, look, even this old man has fallen for me. Even this old pious man cannot resist my beauty, my wares. So she says to him, to come along. I want to show you off to my master that look how beautiful I am, that even the pious people can fall for me. So he goes along. They reach the king, or the master, her master's place who is a king. And she goes, oh king, look at this uh, old pious man. He was so enraptured with me. He came to buy me. And the king said, Acha, you come to buy her? He said, yes. How much do you think you will offer? Just having fun with him. He says, two dates. <laughs> two dates. The king says, the slave, now immediately, Salim Naz Nakhri, finish, right? This is tabiyat, tabiyat of the Mashaykh. Tabiyat of the Mashaykh. They're stunned. The girl is stunned. The king is stunned. And then he says, Oh my master, O king, this woman that you like and you think she's so pretty, just in a matter of a few decades, her face will be shriveled. She will just be an old woman, an old hag. This woman, she takes no beautiful food in and najasat comes out of her. This woman, she can emit a foul odor, she can pass wind. This is worth two dates at best for me, right? Now imagine, right, somebody who thinks that way about maybe the most beautiful woman of the world at that time, right? We could walk around here with ease, <laughs> with ease. So it means that beauty is not everlasting. Outer beauty is not everlasting. So you should want that that woman or that man, you should want that spouse who has inner beauty, who has inner beauty. And you will notice, and maybe again you're a bit too young for this, but if a person has inner beauty and you begin to love their inner beauty, then they will look beautiful to you outside. Now you may and should not have actually experienced this with women, but you may, somebody may experience this with some relative or khala, not in the physical attraction, but in the sense that your khala looks wonderful to you, or your father looks wonderful to you, your mama looks wonderful to you, although objectively somebody might not say, that your chacha is a handsome man, but because of his taqwa or the nur of iman, you feel, you find him to be a very handsome man, right? So, if you love a person for their inner beauty, that will even ha- give them an external beauty that is everlasting. And if you love them for external beauty, well, that external beauty is not everlasting, right? So, even if we can bring ourselves in the proper concept, the proper tasawwur of what the relationship between a man and woman is supposed to be, even if we can get on that, at least, again, not bil amal, you're too young maybe to get married, but in terms of our concept, what we call etikad in Arabic, your, it's not aqidah, etikad means your, your outlook, your conceptualization, your perception of things. If your perception of things is that, that that's the relationship between a man and woman. And once you think that that is the real thing, then that's not even available to you here. There's nothing here to even allure you or tempt you because that's not what's on offer over here. What's on offer over here is not a relationship of taqwa and of deen and of tahara and of ikhlas. That can only happen through nikah. 
So you won't even be interested because you are actually going to sacrifice this adna for that which is a'la, for which is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned in the Qur'an al So all the listeners, maybe women, men, you should make dua abundantly in this month of Ramadan. Because this has become an increasingly rare gem to find a pious spouse. And it's a rare person even now in this day and age who even wants to find a spouse on the basis of their piety. Many of us do it unthinkingly, many of us follow strange uh, and certainly non-Islamic and sometimes counter-Islamic customs and practices, caste, tribe, religion, uh, uh, language, right? All types of strange things as opposed to following the teachings of the Prophet This much I can tell you for sure that if there are ever any hidayat in anything, if there are any hidayat from in the Qur'an, the Kareem and the Sunnah, and a person chooses to go against those hidayat, that person will always suffer. They might not completely suffer, but they will definitely face some reduction in the barakah in their life and the quality of their life. So if the hidayat of the Qur'an and Sunnah are that the male-female relationship is all about taqwa, about deen, about sukoon, this libas, this itminan, it is eternal, it is for the akhirah. And anybody who has any other conception that deviates the slightest to however much it deviates, that's however much is going to hurt us in our life. Right? Notwithstanding your loyalty to your parents, your loyalty to your mother, if your mother picks a girl for you who's not according to the hidayat of the deen, you are not obliged to listen to her. You are not obliged that she wants you to marry Aki Khalazad Ben. Shabash. Right? No, this is a real thing. This is a, just recently there was a case like this, and the poor fellow, Baradindar, Narka, Mashallah, Sunnah, Ibadat, everything, bus, and he just had so much pressure that he just gave in and he felt that this was his filial duty, his duty towards his mother. But the mother is not the one who is going to be living with that Khalazad ban her whole life. You are going to be living with the Khalazad ban your whole life. O Parishan, she's questioning this, she's questioning that, she doesn't like his beard, she doesn't even do dupatta. Oh, he doesn't, he say, Up, now that you've done nikah, that's not an excuse. You cannot give talaq now. You, the responsibility came on you beforehand. This is not a reason. You cannot divorce a woman for that reason. That she displays a lack of piety that you knew prior to nikah, that's, you cannot divorce her for that. A paskya, must. A fine, maybe he's not suffering so much, maybe he is going to have to compartmentalize his deen. Now deen is not necessarily going to be with his wife, but he will spend deen with masjid, ulama, mashayikh. But look what he gave up, what you call opportunity cost. How much more wonderful and easy and better would his life have been if he had a woman who was his partner in the deen. And when they grow older and they end up having kids, what's going to happen? Right? If you have a woman who is on the deen, then you're mutmain about the tarbiyah of your children. It's a big fikr on a man. On top of all the other worries that a man has to have, worrying about earning, managing the household, everything. If he can have a woman who he knows, because a man will also be called, even if he gives the duty to the woman, both parents will be asked in the Day of Judgment about the tarbiyah of their children. A man is going to have fikr for that. And he doesn't have the time for that. He's not home. Normally most men work. So this is also a type of sukoon that to know that, no, alhamdulillah, that I have married a woman who will take care of this fully is even better at this than I am. 
Then I suppose to this poor fellow, what's he going to do? If he wants his daughter to wear hijab, how is that going to happen? <laughs> right? Very, very difficult thing. So do not think. Yes, if there is more than one possible spouse candidate, and they're equal in their deen and taqwa, then you can follow your mother's preference. No problem. Then the mother's preference has some say, has quite a bit of weight. Quite a bit of weight. That's then between, that's the negotiation. Between you and her, whether you try to convince her of your personal preference or selection, or she convinces you of her personal preference and selection. But as long as the mayar of the deen and taqwa is the same between them, then if a son wants to, or maybe feels forced to, give in to the mother's wish, that is fine. Because the asal objective is there, right? I'll maybe give you an example to explain this to you. Other than those of you who are extremely fanatic about cars, normally when you buy a car, well, Allah but let's say for me, when you buy a car, what color it is, is not really such a big deal. As long as somebody can give me that quality of make and that engine and that performance and all of that, if they say instead of getting a navy blue one, we want you to take a black one, it's okay, I can do that. I can tolerate that. But if they say instead of the proper car, you have to get this improper car, I'll never tolerate that. Even if they give it to me, it's navy blue. So all of this, this is just like the paint job on the car. <laughs> and you are looking for performance. Engine, CC, horsepower, anti-lock, uh, four-wheel ventilated disc brakes. Right? Independent McPherson strut suspension. Ah, this is what you're looking for. <laughs> اب باقی پینٹ جاب ہے تو پینٹ خراب بھی ہوتا ہے پینٹ گندہ بھی ہونا ہے لفت بھی ہونا ہی ہونا ہے right but that's it it's the same thing with a woman اب باقی if your mother is giving you the full CC full horsepower and she prefers green versus blue no problem then fine as long as it's the full horsepower of taqwa 2000 CC of taqwa huh? 2.5 turbocharged iman woman باقی اس کے پینٹ جاب جو بھی ہو <laughs> so you should make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Dua in this month of Ramadan In fact, perhaps this is the biggest decision a young man will make That will affect his deen Either selection of teacher or selection of spouse Where you take your deen from And who you share your deen with Umumimana Where and whom you take your deen from And with whom you share your deen with These are the two biggest things that will affect your life so where you share your deen with is also for you now your friends. I've told you that many times, but for some of the new ones, we'll do it again some other day. Right? But your friends, your company, and your wife is your most intimate companion, your most intimate friend, your most intimate company. So every single thing you have heard before, you will hear someday soon, inshallah ta'ala, about company, it applies infinitely all the more so about your wife. She's your 24-hour sati. She's going to determine the mahal of your whole life, your whole life. So a person should make deep, deep niyat, massive du'as. And then a person should make du'a that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala change me. Because I'm asking you for a pious woman, but my current halat is maybe not that I'm mustahik of such a ni'mah. So Allah Ta'ala grant me a pious wife or a pious spouse and make me such, transform me, such that I am worthy that I can be a qadr husband to such a pious woman. Make me like that. 
وہ بھی گڑبڑ ہوتا ہے رائٹ اینڈ دین تھنک دین ایف اینی بڑی ٹریپڈ ان سم ٹائپ آف ریلیشن شپ ناؤ محروم of this pious wife it might be because we haven't made ourselves worthy of such a ni'mah maybe we have not reached that level maybe we are involved in sin and baqi Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when a person leaves sin Allah ta'ala gives you such ni'mahs Allahu Akbar Kabira you cannot imagine you cannot imagine the itaat the inayat of Allah the fuzzle of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it's Allah's fuzzle what there's nothing more that needs to be said What can be said? How can you describe that puzzle anything more than by saying it's the puzzle of Allah? ذَلِكَ فَضْلٌ مِنَ اللَّهِ This is the puzzle of Allah. If you can get a wife from his puzzle, there's nothing in the world that can touch that. Anything that you can get from his puzzle is incomparable. So, فَنْكِهُ مَا تَابَ لَكُمْ مِنَ النِّسَاءِ Means that you should make nikah with those women who are spiritually pleasing to you. Those women who will bring sukoon to your heart. Those women who will bring sukoon to your deen. And this is the maqsad of a man. Now when you realize that, then you'll see that this is not, this is not the crown that's here. Unless they themselves change also. Most of them, right? So when you have again purpose, then you're not going to get distracted. You won't get distracted, right? Just like if your purpose is to... You're doing a PhD in computer science. You're not even bothered, you're not even interested in the medical school professors and the econ professors. No interest in them at all. Because you know you are going to get nafa from this particular thing. You're not interested in the other things despite their kamalat. You're not interested in them. Somebody can say this is the most brilliant economist in the world. It means nothing to you. Just like that, when you know your maqsad is that you are saving yourself and you want Allah SWT to grant you a pious, noble wife, so there might be other women with different kamalat running around. It means that's just disinterested. It means nothing to us. They have what they have. It's not for me. It's not mine. Just like you can think that you will find a woman in this world who is more kind than your mother. You will find a woman in this world who is a better cook than your mother. You will find a woman in this world who is more affectionate than your mother. But it means nothing to you. <laughs> you don't even think of looking in that direction. That No way. You don't even think like that. <laughs> so the cause and the kamalat of other women mean nothing to you. Nothing. It's irrelevant to us. Because they're not for us. Even if we see that, that's nothing to do with me. It's not mine. Just like that, if any woman has anything, it means nothing to us because it's not for us. If you want the other way, that's impossible. You will never get every beautiful woman as your wife. It's not possible. You cannot have that. That's a hearse that is insatiable. That is the dunya. When you seek after the dunya, you can spend your whole life acquiring it and you will never succeed and you will end in total loss. You will have lost akhirah. You can't, you cannot have all the beauty in this world. You can't, it's not possible. It's not as if even the deen of Islam is asking you to give up something that was possible. It's impossible in the first place. You can't have all the money in the world, you can't have all the land in the world, you can't have all the cars in the world. Right? For example, men normally don't have that hearse. That they look at this house, they look at that house. They know that these are other people's homes. What difference does it make to me? Just other people's stuff. It's nothing to do with me. 
मेरे जो मिलना है वो अल्लाह ने देना है और मैंने वो ही लेना है मुझे कुछ फर्क नहीं पड़ता कि किसके पास क्या है ये क्या क्या दस्तियाब है राइट सो द मोर एंड मोर यू फोकस ऑन निका निका दिस इज द वर्ड नॉट औरत द वर्ड इन योर वैकेबुलरी शुड बी निका वुमेन गर्ल औरत गैल बंदी ऑल दिस वर्ड शुड बी डिलीटेड फ्रॉम योर वोकेबुलरी There should be only one word in your vocabulary that is nikah and rasulullah sallallahu said an nikahu nisful iman that nikah is half of our iman it means it's the takmil of our iman allah akbar ajeeb ye kya rishta hai ke quran mein sukoon ke sath tashbeeh aur nabi alay sam ke kalam mein iman ke sath tashbeeh allah akbar ke mera ye koi zahiri cheez to nahi ho sakta iman aur sukoon zahiri hai nahi hai नहीं है तो उस निकाह जिसके जरिए से ये ईमान की तकमील और दिल का सुकून मिलेगा ये भी कोई जाहिर पर ममनी चीज नहीं है निकाह एक बातनी अमर है बातिन निकाह इज इंटरनल स्पिरिचुअल थिंग एंड इफ यू एस्क मी दैट इज द ग्रेटेस्ट एलिवेशन ऑफ मैन काइंड एंड वुमेन काइंड द फेमिनिस्ट सेल वुमेन शॉर्ट दे डोंट नो वो ट्रू वुमेन इज The Deen of Islam tells you what the maqam of a woman is. When the Deen of Islam makes her a mankuha, makes her a mankuha, that is a maqam that no feminist in the world will ever be able to give a woman. Or the way we understand and conceive and define of a mankuha, she's an empress, an empress, not even a queen, an empress. Nothing compared to what these people think they can accomplish using their aqal. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us understand, keep this tasawwur, this concept in our mind, in our heart at all time. Right? And may, make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put inside the depth of my body, the depth of my heart, and every atom to the core of my being, the proper understanding of nikah. And remove from the depth of my body every atom to the core of my being, any other false, fake, majaz understanding. I want to have the haqiqi. love that is for your sake and remove from me all of the other ishq majazi all of the other false loves that i do on the basis of my own whims my own desires wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin